0: Hello, welcome to the High Hops podcast with your host, Bradley Wye. With me, social distanced, is social distance beer guru, Phoebe Ward. I
1: mean, I'm not deliberately social distancing
0: Phoebe. away from you. Phoebe has driven five hours to be as social distanced away from me as possible. <laughs> so we're currently, I'm zooming her for the uh, opening of this, but rest assured she is in the rest of the episode in full regular microphone quality definition. Isn't that right, Phoebe.
1: Yes, and my dad is now here also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is the second part of our three-part series on IndieGraft, where due to a beer, which is used to promote beer shops around the UK, uh, led us down a rabbit hole of interviewing... Uh, many, many beer shops. And so this is a collection of those interviews. As I mentioned in the first episode, uh, the interviews uh, total to about seven hours. So these are sound bites uh, for relevant clips um, to keep it relatively interesting throughout the series. Last week, we spoke to Vessel about kind of independent shops um, and some of the parts of businesses that people don't see when you buy from a beer shop like the distributors Um, we then also spoke to hoptimism where he spoke about the online beer scene and what he has to uh, compete with this week phoebe who are we speaking with
1: uh this time we are going to be speaking with um owen and claire of indie beer they're based in london on holloway so they're pretty city central And we'll also be talking with Dan of Coffee and Beer in Bristol.
0: We'll be speaking with the two of them about what the landscape's like in their respective cities. Um, We're from Plymouth, so it would be interesting to hear what it's like in London and what it's like in Bristol. Um, But we will also be kind of looking at what the relationship... uh, We'll be looking at further what the relationship between beer shops and breweries has been, uh, what the climate's been like in London, what... Beer shops are nervous about going forward in terms of once furlough has ended, what happens mm. then with everyone's had a, you know, some, a lot of cash to spend, a lot of time on their hands, and you can't go out. So what do you do? You drink. So yeah. we'll be sort of talking about their worries as to what happens after the furlough ends, which is yeah. now more relevant um, than it was when we spoke about it a few months ago with them.
1: I guess it's quite, it's quite interesting as well that we're speaking to someone and we spoke to someone before who has like a kind of another thing to their shop. So Dan of Coffee and Beers kind of got a little something extra that uh, plays a part in his, his business. Exactly. While, I guess
0: in that we talk all about hype, hype beers, the hype train and how it's kind of almost now driving away from beer shops when at one point it was so intrinsic to going to your beer shop at the end of the week and seeing what the next hype beer was. So, just to start with, let's hear from Indie Beer.
2: I'm Owen, This is Claire. Um, we're a married couple. We um, run Indie Beer in Holloway, in North London. It's um, not far from the Arsenal Football Stadium. We opened up at, towards the end of 2017. Um, it's our first business together. We're, it's still working after a few years, which is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, we uh, opened up Indie Beer because we wanted somewhere we could go ourselves to um, drink and enjoy lots of great beers. And at the time, most beer shops in London, you couldn't drink in. Um, it was more just takeaway. So we really wanted to lead with the uh, drinking.
0: So is L- London more of a culture of just, you get to it's either the tap rooms, because you obviously London's got quite a few breweries uh, Um, there, um, so beer shops are usually just, a a, a walk-in takeaway. Basically.
2: They were back then a few more of them now have like even found, obviously rent is quite high in London. So, you you know, when you start your own business, you kind of, a lot of people who strongly would go for a small shop. Yeah. We went for a larger shop in maybe a cheaper area, still undecided whether that was a great idea or not. (laughs) Um, central London would have been amazing, but right now it'd be rubbish because there's no one there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a few years ago, it was mostly takeaways. The whole having a license to drink in under a shop uh, business license didn't really exist. Nobody had really tried that too hard it. Um But now a lot more, Most, I think all of the ones that have opened up in the last three years have all got drink-ons.
3: There weren't really that many tap rooms when we opened either. So there's been a real explosion in tap rooms more recently. Um,
2: yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's a
3: lot more competition now than there was when we opened. Yeah. Um,
2: but it's great. It also means people know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How, how did people find it when when you sort of started uh, three years ago? How how was that initial reaction of people coming in and going, "Oh, wait, I can <laughs> I can drink here I as well."
2: We have
3: yeah, to make it very it. clear. People, yeah, it was a bit mind blowing for people. I mean, well, firstly, having a shop like this popping up in um, kind of deepest, darkest Holloway. Yeah. And, 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 Slightly less well-known street, you know. That's yeah, maybe not not so kind of middle class Is, is Linton, for instance. Um, yeah. So people were really excited. Yeah. And um, yeah. The drinking in that that took a little bit longer to take off. People want to go somewhere that's busy. So, so when you when you open a new, mm-hmm. um, that and nobody kind of knows who you are. That that kind of can be a bit off-putting for people. But we've got a really great regular crowd now it's yeah. it's really really cool and we've even kept in touch throughout lockdowns. So we've got like a whatsapp indie beer regular group um and yeah we will be meeting up in parks and stuff it's it's really nice um so we're not open for drinkings at the moment we're just open as a shop
4: mm-hmm. yeah
3: so we're gonna open mid-august for drinkings so we just want to take it a bit slowly and just see what what unfolds with covid and second wave yeah. um etc
0: uh, what was your background in beer Beforehand, was it you were? Did you work anywhere else? Was it just because you've spoken to a lot of um tap rooms where they've just been like, I really liked beer and I just wanted to have a place that I wanted I could drink well, at? Answer. Same? Yeah. Same at I worked in a pub in
3: 1998,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Paul Pines football club uh,
3: for a couple of evenings. Yeah,
2: apart from that, it was literally just from drinking, it was just you know. When I say was like my early twenties, beer was boring. It was bland. It was all industrial stuff. I wasn't that inspired. Mm. There's obviously cast beer, which you know you struggle in London to get good cast beer. Mm. There's okay. a few pubs, but they're very selective. Then there's this is big resurgence in US hopped, heavy, you know, big strong IPAs, and it was like, wow, this is cool. Um, yeah, it
3: was so exciting. And then
2: yeah. I thought it was cool. Not all of my friends did. Got very boring. Claire <laughs> um, really liked it. It was like, right, let's. Do a business
3: together. Let's do this. Yeah, I used to drink wine and, and I kind of entered beer through really strong imperial stouts. So so I, I kind of started off. Oh, that's like.
0: Phoebe's like the you. same, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. I, I, I love that, I mean it's weird. Like now, I'm not really that into imperial stouts. It's more like IPAs. Mm-hmm. But that that was my kind of entry point. You know, kind of ten percent stouts. Uh, love it. Go big. Yeah, I remember
2: walking down the street, you swigging you know, a McKellar. Uh,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it didn't taste very nice as you're walking
0: along but... <laughs> in terms of that experience for the customer what when when you were fully open what what was the experience you wanted to give to customers because i think with craft beer as exciting as it is when you're in the ind- when you're in the scene people that are sort of starting out it's quite daunting how do you guys approach that for new people coming into your shop
3: we really wanted to make sure that um our shop wasn't a kind of intimidating place. Like, we're, def- we're definitely, you know, we're not hipsters by any means. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a to have a beer. Um, so, we just wanted to have somewhere that was really, really welcoming for people. So, we're very friendly when people come in. So, we'd always greet everybody that comes in the door. Mm. Um, you know, some people some people we know are regulars. So I want to come in and just get on with it. But we can always kind of tell when somebody's new. Mm. We'll go over, and we'll, kind of, we'll offer help in you know? it you know, in a kind of an obtrusive way. So if they want to just apply that's fine. Not that like, not everybody wants to be sharing around a fan the fridges. Um, but yeah, but um, we got we get a lot of people coming in who are totally new to beer. Obviously, we've got like, usually about 300 plus beers yeah. in, in the shop, so it's totally overwhelming. Um, but one of the things we do is we've, we've broken the fridges down into beer styles, so It's mm-hmm. all very clearly labeled. Um, we've got loads of information around the shop as well. So we have on the so on the end of each fridge, which is obviously grouped by beer style, we'll have um, an explanation of what the style is. Yeah. Um, you know, e- and um, even down to kind of food pairing suggestions. Um, we've got lots of um, boards on the wall. So around the IPA fridge, for instance, we've got a board explaining what East Coast means, what West Coast means, yeah, like, All what hops taste like, and we've got we've got one of those boards between all the fridges. So. It, um, yeah so the lager fridge will explain what the different lager types are of yeah. which there are quite frankly crazy amount. Yeah. <laughs> you know so that's all there and, and we're, we're there as well um and, and then we have because we have some beers on tap as well that's a really nice way for people who are kind of just getting into beer or maybe haven't tried certain styles to to, to try them because it will yeah. give we'll give free samples um you know um, sometimes, just to try and get a steer for what, what customer likes, so we can recommend something, yeah, really good
2: for them. And it's just also just in terms of like the layout, the shop is really open, particularly yeah, when you come in the door. You know, people come in with their buggies, they come in with their dogs. Yeah, you yeah. kind of you know if you walk yeah. past, it's not like you feel like you have to get past people to mm. go and ask where it It's like you can just walk mm. in, you don't really have to see anybody else interact if you don't want to, if you just want to poke your head in. Then you know, you come a little bit further, mm. you see some stuff on the wall you want to read before you know it, you're up in the back where we are having a chat about beer
1: that's really good i like that i like the signage
2: we also have a little sign which we kind of felt we had to put up after a while which is like how does it work <laughs> yeah um, there's still wow. people and it's just like so in come
3: in and they'll be like how does it work that's mm. the question yeah oh, they hadn't seen anything like like this before yeah is it a shop is it a bar some people think it's a coffee shop other people want to come in and they think it might be a restaurant you know yeah. people are
0: yeah. You, are you guys still pretty unique for the area?
3: Um,
2: not so much anymore. Mm. There's another beer shop that popped up about 20-minute walk to one way. Mm. Um, more bars now, obviously, than takeaways. Yeah, So I think people now are now getting an idea of go for somewhere, have a drink, have a takeaway. Particularly in lockdown, yeah. lots of pubs are into off-licenses. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I guess if you were to say everyone knows what a restaurant is, everyone knows what an off-license is. There will still be a lot of people that don't understand what mm. a beer shop what you can drink drinking is, and and why you have so many different beers when you know all lagers taste the same. Some people would think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, we we can't explain it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Public service announcement or something like that.
0: <laughs> I guess moving into current situation with COVID. So how have you guys been? How have you guys adapted to face those challenges, and how has the community? your community responded
2: i guess the first thing we did was something we would wanted to do since the start of the year but hadn't got around to it which was offer local delivery Mm. um so we offered free local delivery straight away loads of people took us up on that obviously the people were just in self-isolating um lockdown started um and yeah i mean it's great we dropped off Parcels to so many people we recognised, mm. lots of people we didn't, who probably would rather have gone to the pub at the end of their road, but the pub wasn't open. Yeah, mm. um, but yeah it was cute, I mean, it, it was insane. We just didn't know what to do. Um, packing orders, going out on our bikes, or hiring oh, a it was car. was wasn't it?
3: I mean, it's all kind of
2: not fizzled okay. away, but kind of gone back to normal now. I mean, you look out on the streets of London, and it was the same as it was in February. Mm. Yeah, um, everyone's out and about. But yeah, it was. Mm. It was
3: he had yeah, a crazy time for us sales went through the roof yeah it was it was, incredible. It was really, we were like we were really really worried at the start mm. um that it would just be awful for us but it, it was quite the opposite mm-hmm. um, which was really really
0: great as we come out of lockdown and obviously furlough for a lot of people has ended because it's everyone's been kind of in this like limbo state where obviously people aren't going out they've got money and now and, and so they've had that cash to kind of spend on a lot of a lot of people have chosen alcohol and uh as we're coming out of that how has that how has that been for you guys have you seen is a sales still kind of the same for you guys oh, obviously I... no, no.
2: no it's yeah. it's, it's followed the curve it peaks yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. reality has kicked in i mean we took a walk to central london yeah. on tuesday we went to a furniture shop and it was worse than a sunday mm-hmm. i mean every small business was closed a lot yeah. of the big businesses were closed there was nobody there I mean, that's the entertainment district as well. If we think about a lot of our customers who have worked in that area. Yeah. So many people that drink craft beer come here because they work, in you know, a Weatherspoons or Nicholson's or something else in central London. They're, they're, unfortunately, there are a lot of people now without work yeah. um, or who've taken pay cuts. Um, lots of people coming in, giving us their CVs and mm. um, it is now a bit of a yeah, grim reality. Yeah. No, and no one's yeah. really turning into alcohol to help through that. Mm. It was yeah. fun. And I guess it was one big holiday.
3: Yeah. I mean, in lockdown, it, 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 people just buying food and, and alcohol. Like, we know plenty of people who were just be sat at home, like, drinking most of the day. in, yeah. in the American weather <laughs> that we have. Um, but, now, but now, you know, people are going back to work. It's, yeah, it's a feeling like the holiday's over. They've got loads more other things to spend their money on, like haircuts, restaurants.
2: Um, holidays yeah you know, holiday.
3: they can they can actually get into the shops now rather than mm. having to queue yeah so, yeah sales are just yeah they've really dropped like about a third of what they were i'd say
1: yeah we've heard kind of yeah we we've heard that business has kind of boomed uh, ish um when it kind of all kicked off because people that was the only way people could get kind of good beer in so people Ooh. finding out that they had all these kind of independent businesses uh, through you know social media things like that and word of mouth and yeah it's either it's either stayed the same for some people mm-hmm. or it has considerably dropped and obviously uh, uh, the reason we we know of you guys is because of uh, Don Zoco. they did uh, this indie graft so um i think it's important for breweries to do things like that and do you think is there a, well other than like releases like this that are only for the little indie shops, um, what else do you think uh, breweries and other businesses could maybe do to uh, support and help and kind of get you out, get your name out there? Oh, that's
2: a very good question. <laughs> yeah. At a
3: really basic level, um, breweries just saying where their beers are stocked. You know that's yes, yeah, that's the most on the common website. thing that happens at the moment. I mean, I mean, and also breweries will, you know, they might if we put posts about their beers, they might retweet it. I don't
2: know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just if they can somehow help to promote the stockists. As I, said, I mean, that's a great yeah. idea.
3: Mm. A bit more than that. Maybe we
2: just have a uniform approach. You know, if, if every brewer took an hour each week to just look at their social, because obviously, you know, you can't do it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. We do it throughout the day. When a new beer comes in, click on social media. But yeah. if you're brewing, you know, you're matching day. Yeah. But take like an hour out each week, look at the independents that stock in your beer, retweet it. Yeah. Or when you send out your pallets. Sometimes take a picture of the pallet, say where it's going to. Mm. Um,
1: it's interesting. What else can they do? Maybe yeah. some,
2: like, pre-release. Maybe indies get it a week before. Yeah. It's hard to say, though, who's a non-independent beer retailer. I mean, that's always the tricky one. Most indie beer shops won't stop in the supermarkets. And mm. so the question is, do we want to get the beers ahead of places like Londis, Nissa, or beer shops that have maybe got 10 in their chain, mm. um, but yeah, maybe some early stage exclusivity or maybe not stock. Actually, there was one brewery, I mean, i should talk about the good things maybe some breweries have done. Howling Hops, for example, they do an amazing imperial style, if you're in cans at Christmas, they've then barrel aged it, start of lockdown. So they sell their beers on their website, which lots of breweries do now. Mm. Um, but they put this into bottles, and they didn't sell it on their website. They only sold it to beer shops. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a case of you can advertise this as it's not even available from the brewery. Yeah. yeah. Just like that, every once in a while, because at the moment, I've seen a lot of customers have gone to breweries directly.
4: Yeah.
2: Which you know they wouldn't have done if they didn't know the beer before. They yeah. not bought it from a beer shop. So maybe sometimes flip it back and do a favour the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if we're going to ask for reciprocity, we should like, have a, not an agreement. Yeah. Don't want to. Preferential treatment, but it should be an unwritten to all you know? Something promotes you, you promote
0: them. You mentioned before about uh breweries that have been really good. Have there been any other breweries that stuck out to you as like been really really good for independent beer shops during
2: lockdown? Uh, really good for independent beer shops, definitely drop project. Oh, breweries. Amazing, yeah, yeah, we love um, yeah. yeah, they kind of to the scene around December time, I think it was. Mm. They just all, I think most of their customer base, they've probably visited in person and delivered their beers too. Right.
4: Um,
2: they don't go to wholesalers, not you know, for any reason they don't like that level of the industry, they've just decided to build it themselves. Mm. The brewer came in to us with the samples. Um, it, this was pre-Covid, this was about January time, I think. Okay. Mm. Um, I should really give a shout out as well to Poly's who have built a huge direct sales list, I know, yeah. during lockdown, but they're very much pushing people saying, look, we're a brewery." We don't want to send boxes of that. It's not our job. We want, when things go back to normal, go back to your distributor, mm-hmm. please. I'm not not saying we're not going to stop selling, to you, but <laughs> the, the way it works, breweries make beer, yeah, distributors yeah. specialize in selling beer. Yeah. Um, not everybody wants to do every part of the chain. We've
0: heard a lot of good things about Polly mm. from different play people uh, saying exactly mm. the same thing. Like they've, they've been one mentioned the most as being really good for, for independent beer shops during lockdown.
3: Really good, and they're, they're really transparent as well. Um, so it's Aaron, um, the sales guy, he, he sends out an email every week. Yeah, like, you take transparent what's going on with them, like you know, if they are making any changes, like minimum orders, that sort of thing. You know, they're really open and transparent, yeah, and that's really great. You know, they really want to build that relationship with the, with the beer shops, yeah. And um, so there's a drop project. I'd
2: say another one for us will be Orbit as well. Um, Orbit got a lovely sales event. Um, obviously, a lot of the thing there went on to furlough, but. As a business, we'd then hear from other people who weren't on furlough. Mm-hmm. They would always retweet anyone, you know, was saying, Where, where can we get their beers? They, they started selling their beers directly later on, but they would still mm-hmm. always say, Go to Indie Beer, or We've got posts out by them. So there were just other beer shops that yeah, everyone has relationships with. We're not going to say favorite beer shops or favorite suppliers, but there's a few that you get on better with. Just
4: mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, that relationship works well throughout COVID and works well outside of COVID. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: and that's great, that's really good to hear that there have been breweries that have been championing, championing um, independence uh, and independent beer shops.
3: Really great, I mean, you really find out who, who the kind of, um, not not like who your friends are in times like this, but you know, you, um, it. I mean, it's meant a lot to us, like some of the breweries that really kind of pulled out the stops for independence. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's in times like this, you find out who the good ones are. Yeah. Thank you, Owen and Claire, for coming on uh, High Hops, and
1: uh, hopefully we'll be able to get over to you guys at some point.
0: Yeah, as hopefully, in, uh, <laughs> yes, they are open as a takeaway, and I think they did mention they were looking at opening up for people to come in and um, have a drink. They, I think, they're fortunate mm. enough to have outside seating as well. So they mentioned they were looking at getting those open as soon as possible. So I imagine at this point that is happening. So if you're in the area and looking for a place to go they seem like a lovely couple of people to have a chat with about all things beer moving on though we will be taking uh a trip sort of mainland uk i would say the midlands but phoebe would moan at me and say no, definitely, it's definitely not the there midlands. we go there we go well
1: i feel like a lot of people are gonna agree <laughs> with me
0: there yes. okay now i I, no. I joke bristol somewhere that's <laughs> very near to where i used to live Um, in the southwest in the southwest yes very true and (laughs) so we'll be speaking to dan from coffee and beer um as i mentioned before this is all about uh hype beers phoebe you very much love hype beers don't you you can't you you, you... i can't
1: help myself why Um, but that's what i I don't it's just what i'm like i guess there is a there is a big element of fomo as well but I don't know, if there's like weird and wacky beers out there, I want to I wanna try them. Yeah. But I think with, with COVID, it has been upped. You know, people are got to make their money mm. somehow. So yeah, trying not to fall into the trap this time.
0: Certainly. And whilst the idea of a, a beer shop that also revolves around coffee was very interesting, and we did speak about that. Unfortunately, we won't be able to go into that too much in this episode. We do hope to have Dan on again in the future to talk about that relationship because it's very interesting and we'd love to hear... His perspective a little bit more on it. Um, I think he actually—I'm not in the episode, but he did actually mention that for the fact he is a coffee and beer lover, he doesn't actually like beers that taste like coffee, which I found very He doesn't very like strange. coffee stouts. He doesn't yeah. like coffee stouts, which I found very interesting. But it'd be very—I'd love to do an episode looking at the two a bit closer uh, when we have a bit more time to explore yeah. the subject further. Uh, but as for now,
1: we're going to listen to our interview with Dan of Coffee and Beer.
5: My name's Dan Williams, I'm the owner of Coffee and Beer in Bristol. I've had the shop just over three years now, three years and 24 days. <laughs> I've been in the kind of coffee game for nearly 10 years now. So I've, I've run, uh, had a previous cafe in, um, well, me and a business partner, I should say, had a previous cafe in Oxford that we had for a few years um, and really learned our trade there and uh, kind of, um, yeah, so I've been in that, done that, and um, I had kind of had the idea of a shop. I, I kind of saw the parallels. I always love craft beer. Um, probably the iconic kind of thing. I don't know if this is the next question. Is what, what was your first the beer that got you into it? But I remember going to London and visiting my bro. And I remember going to Byron Burgers when Byron Burgers had free, and it was super cool because, mm-hmm. like, what is this pink burger they're serving you? <laughs> um, and... I, f- I think it was a kernel IPA that we had and it was just like in my left hand it was like what on earth am I eating? And in my right <laughs> hand it's like what on earth am I drinking? Yeah. And um, I could relate to the coffee because the the, the especially the coffee scene really exploded from 2009 mm. um, this is where London just went to uh, the Mecca really and we had all these Aussies about me telling us what, what we should and shouldn't do um, but we kind of evolved that into our own kind of movement and it was just this kind of exploration of like flavour and um and like yeah it may be a wow by coffee and like what what it could taste like and how it could done, and you find out places that were really cool and did that and had, had all that vibe and i felt beer had a similar similar presence so i ran away to new zealand for a little time and um as i was going around kind of the the craft beer out there is pretty pretty cool um there's obviously some amazing places, but it's like a more as a general thing. It's just accessible out there. You go into a supermarket and there's a cold store with beer in it, and it's like this is this is strange. Like this yeah. is and it's like good beer. Yeah.
4: Um,
5: and um, I remember like hounding this guy in Hamilton, and it was just a, this wine shop. But had at the back of it, it had like a growler station from a, a direct. What well, what I now understand is direct draw from a cold store. Mm. and I was just like I didn't have anything to do with my life out there so I was just like I just literally stood in the shop for three days asking this guy loads of questions (laughs) um, asking to see random bits of beer equipment I had no idea what it was about and like people were coming in with growlers and filling them up and I was like this is I've never seen this this is what is this system like like how why do people buy beer like this I came back and I volunteered at the London craft beer festival Mm. nice um and that was my first real market research i, I kind of say i'm saying market research is a piss up but um but then i took that i took that opportunity to um talk to everybody in beer that was there and my question was is do you like coffee
4: yeah
5: and everybody's answer was yes like and they and they were telling me about the coffee they liked. so i was like god this parallel is there like I can I can really see it and it's more obviously I know they're distinctly different drinks I'm not that stupid but (laughs) what what I see and like uh, the kind of idea of of the shop was to be like to to put that question in coffee and beer what's that about who like you know I still get it like Marjorie who's walked past my shop for three years still (laughs) doesn't quite get it but um uh I you know to me it's an obvious like connection between mm. two it's, it's it's not the drinks it's the passion the creativity the search for flavours the mm. you know the that that kind of thing between and like you know such we are producing well producing beer and roasting coffee in a world class kind of way in britain and it yeah. annoys the hell out of me that people still come in and say i had a great beer in belgium and i'm like yeah you did but we got great beer here and they're like oh i had a coffee in this place Namely, Italy, which uh, is an earth, birth, you know, um, <laughs> and they're like, oh, the coffee out there is incredible, and like, yeah, it is, but our coffee's better, and I believe it. Like, not like not your average, but the best of the best is better. So yeah. we've got these. We are at the forefront of both kind of industries, and like, I can see it. And I just want to get that out to people. That's basically the shop. Really.
0: Bristol, I would say, is quite a competitive scene to break into for beer. Like, I think there's a lot of... If you're you're in Bristol, there's a lot of options. Um, Yeah. I'm from Froome, so whenever I visited more recently, I've been like, wow, this is great. Um, How... What was it like breaking into that scene? Do you think you came in at the right time, and how has the the shop
5: grown? Yeah, so there's been... I think blind naivety was was probably the greatest uh, <laughs> kind of <a> thing. <laughs> but I like I was I was actually talking to somebody this week about it. Like I I, I came in and I, I just I just assumed that people buy six. I'll come on a Friday night and buy a six pack of beer and run away and happy days, you know. <laughs> um, but that that didn't really happen. So um, yeah, at, at that time. So 2017, I came in and there's a few there was a few bottle shops knocking around. We've we kind of at the same time Lewis over the bottle brooks opened, I think maybe a month or two after me.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And then Henry down at Beer Necessities uh, I can't remember when he opened, but not too long afterwards. Um, and obviously there's plenty of other places where you can buy beer. Yeah. Um, and so uh, in that way I, d- I don't think it's been it was, it's not so much as as a breaking in as a people realize you can buy beer so yeah. we're all in different areas and I think the, the ones that have managed to survive are, are doing things in a different kind of way like obviously I have coffee on the side if I was just a beer shop no chance like the, it's too hard a market out there right now we can't we're getting squeezed both ends of the market and it's just it is really really hard um to make any decent kind of like uh, money from it not in a like in a total capitalist way but even to you know even to keep yourself alive it is very very hard where you know um you get in squeeze from the online sales of big boys online the kind of direct trailed now supermarket beers obviously have just gone insane levels and at stuff where they're selling at crazy prices for what we can get and this, I know there's some annoyance there so it's like it, you gotta you gotta carve out your little niche and so I suppose I've learned away and I've learned what works for my customers mm. and what they want mm. and what I think works. Now that's taken three years of experience to kind of get to that point. I've got two strands in my business or three strands in my business really. So, you know, the coffee side maybe backed up the beer for a long time and then and then it goes and flows and this way and that. And it was just, it was a process of learning that and, and just getting there and I suppose I, I, I don't. To, to be really honest, I don't know. Like how to pay. I, I suppose I just had kind of faith in what I was doing and belief that customers liked what I was doing and that um, there's enough demand out there to 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 get it. You
1: know? With beer, there's always there's there's hypes. There's um, you know like different things going on constantly and people get FOMO and um, even as a podcast you feel like you have to kind of be aware of everything that's happening is that the same with coffee are you kind of having to juggle like keeping up to date with what's current and things
5: not so much to be honest not so much at all um coffee I think doesn't maybe it hasn't marked itself that well in, (laughs) in in that way perhaps that's an avenue to go down like oh my god this but you do get like so. You do get rare lots and like expensive. Mm. Sometimes you know, micro lots or whatnot, and people would hunt them out. But I don't think there's that kind of yet yeah, that social. What what social media is pushed in mm. that kind of hype stuff? Yeah, I don't think the hype's there in coffee as so much, and I think the hype is like this self fulfilling prophecy isn't it mm. you know it's like we've done, we've created this and it's just drive and like then now it's like we're i think as a beer industry we're, we're struggling to keep up with the hype yeah know, like, well, yeah what's the hype this week yeah right. it,
0: it's, yeah it's always that isn't it it's always what's no matter how much you might miss a beer that's going to come out this week i have to keep telling you i'm like there's always going to be something that comes out next
5: week yeah, that's it. Well, that's, yeah. well I think I think I think this and it's probably did start with a dipper series, you know, and mm. um now understanding what that was and kind of going back into that and um and I'm I'm not saying I'm oblivious to this. I, I buy beer the hype beer like mm-hmm. for my for myself personally. I'm in a beer shop for God's sake. Like what, yeah. what's that about? But um so I don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing in a way. But I, I just I think we've I think we've got used to this model, and breweries now will find it hard to keep up with that model mm-hmm. because yeah. it's always it's it's got quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, it used to be every year, now yeah. it's every and then it used six months, and now it's every two weeks. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's every, and and I think lockdowns even heighten this because what is incredible in lockdown is the amount of different beers that people are producing. And now, yeah. from what I understand, is that is that they've had more time in the breweries and they've got release schedules and they're turning them quickly. And so it's like, what can we do next? And what can we do? And that's, that's a, like, coming back full circle. to That's exactly what I want to get in for
4: yes. is yeah. a
5: passion of people who are just like, Oh my God, we've got this hot, like uh, strata's everywhere right now, isn't it? And it's just yeah. like, what what can we do with this hot? And like, boom, boom, and then it's next week. And that's, that's an excitement moving to be part of. Mm. But I think that the FOMO bit of it, and this is why it's not, it's not great for in terms of a customer thing is that people are like is it if they're not on that they almost don't feel included you know Mm -hmm. this is where we have this balance between like exclusivity and um uh what's it what's it like everyone says they want to be open but they're not really open it's like you know my, my thing is people are like Oh yeah, we want we want everybody to enjoy a beer, and then they're like, "Oh, you don't know what double dry hop means." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, who knew what double dry hop is so back in the day? You know, it's so mm-hmm. like you, the average person on the street wouldn't know that. They just see DDH on a can and don't think. So that's our that's 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 a fault of us because we need to, and I hate the word educate. We need to accessibility. That's what yeah I'm yeah. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah we um we need to. We need to display that in a better way, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. fundamentally, because it is like being part of a club yeah. still. Mm. And if you don't know the terminology, and if you don't know the, and you don't know the brands, then you're still you're on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm guilty. I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm guilty as anything. Because, yeah, I am as well. You know, you just it's 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 a hard it's a hard thing to do to, to say to uh, to say you are um, to like open and accessible is. Like it's all right saying those words, but actually doing it is, is mm-hmm. very hard because it's very hard to have those conversations repeatedly, you know. To introduce, yeah. but that, that is actually what I, like, I really do love about kind of introducing people to it. Mm-hmm. That little moment of magic, well, like I described about going thing when you find that person who is just at the start of their journey,
4: yeah,
5: it's like an absolute that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. little bits like that is keeping me going, and that person who goes buys a beer then comes back in the next week being like oh my god that was yeah. different yeah. what What did I just drink and then you're like okay if you like that yeah. then you'll love this and then they're uh, because you know it's like I'm £6.40 for yeah. beer what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. Um, and you like so you have to you know it is one of those things and that skill is to kind of take people on that journey and mm. that introductory steps and it's like I suppose the term is gateway beers isn't it yeah. so it's like it's, it's getting that so Hype is hype's a difficult one mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. from a business point of view you always feel behind as well because you know you get it's it's hard because of how um, how everything's uh, like sold in a way and how everything's distributed. It's it's we're even now behind and because everything's now been all the time phases shortened, it's 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 really it's difficult because you get those beers a week after release and then
4: yeah. that's all beer yeah it's
5: yeah. like how on earth is that how, that's well, mm-hmm. that's not fair anyway because you know so um, so yeah that's that, that is a real difficult one but so I, I don't yeah hype I don't know I don't know about hype it's it's a, it's a strange one because we kind of need it as a mm-hmm. to get people excited but it is a it's not the be all and then yeah,
0: I, I think what you you just touched upon something we were maybe going to get into, and I think that's a good segue is the idea of um, now the hype train is going so quickly, and it's impossible for beer shops to get it in as quick as breweries are able to supply it online. Um, people are going to people source. are now going mm. directly. Which is, you know, which is great in one way. You know, it's great that it's now more accessible than ever to buy beers from breweries. But as a direct result, it means that the beer shops that used to be the ones that would supply these beers and the ones that would used to benefit are now getting cut out of this, of the circle. Is that something you feel is, as a result of covid Uh, or just this year in general, has has slowly started affecting? Has it been okay, but are you worried the way it might progress?
5: Yeah, uh, no, there is a worry there, uh, to be real honest, because, um, as I was saying before, we've been squeezed from both ends of the market, you know. Um, I used to sell Gamma Ray,
4: Mm. but
5: I don't sell that for whatever reasons. But, you know, people would come in and maybe buy four or six of them. Why on earth would they come in and buy a gamma Ray at £2.40 for me when they can get a six pack for £10, mm-hmm.
4: yeah?
5: You know, I don't know the current prices, but um, yeah. um th- that's an analogy, and so that end squeeze now. If the hype end squeeze as well, so that's our, one of our USPs is we could have got those beers mm-hmm. when nobody else could get them, yeah, that's a USP
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: now, and I get it, like why so? Uh, it is frustrating. It is frustrating.
0: We had a bit of an audio issue here. What Dan said was that he had introduced a beer to a regular customer.
5: I introduced him to this beer, Dea, you know, steady, Mm -hmm. um, great bit. And I could, uh, I I struggled to get there. It might come up once and now again from Mm. distributors or whatever. Um, It's better now that I've got onto the list, but... um, so I got it, and I think at that point, I was probably about 5.20 a can. And if you go direct, it's about 3.50, yeah. Yeah. that's the postage. Now, do I begrudge that guy? No, absolutely not, because he was like, my God, that's the best beer I've ever drunk ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, pretty much is. Um, so uh, it's, it's like, do I begrudge that person going out and doing that? No, I don't, to be honest with you, because... I'm the same in other, other walks of life, yeah. you, know, if, uh, you know, if, you know, if, yeah, it, it, it's just hard when, so if, if that side of the market's gone, it is, it is hard, you know, like certain breweries wouldn't be known yeah, if they didn't come to bottle shops. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like we are, we play a, a bit of a role in, and I think that, well, I certainly know is that most people do ask me, they, they, You know, your general customer will stand there and stare at a wall and look at pretty cans and then you'll see them and they'll turn around and they'll be like, what should I buy? Now, if I think a brewery's banging that they don't know, they will buy a can of it. Mm -hmm. That's just off me, you know, as an influence that I have. Now, if I was like a bit nasty, I could flog them whatever I wanted, but Mm -hmm. that's not my style because I try most well. I try to try most of my beers. Like, um, yeah, it's it'd be Im-
1: yeah, it'd be impossible though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm always oh, thinking... No, I'm no, tried last,
5: any- last Christmas, I, 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 I'm normally about the 100 beer mark. <laughs> and I think I, like, last Christmas it was something that. Like, and I was think I like, had 94 out of the 100. And it's like, <laughs> that was impossible because yep. I was getting new beers in all the time. Yep. And like, I just couldn't get up to that 100 mark. And yeah, I just think in that way, like, we... Uh, <sighs> I think there's still a, a still a a place for it because mm. I don't think the pub has that same
1: no, feeling not.
5: because mm. people look at the board you know obviously we've got great pubs in Bristol here, and you look at the board and you're like, Oh yeah, and then you go back to the table you talk to your mates, and you've forgotten why it is mm-hmm. you really have like no matter how like like. I'm not a massive fan of the tap, but unless you've gone tap, you don't really remember what you drank anyway. You just remember it was nice. Yeah. Now, if you've got a can of it in your house and you do you kind of, it's more, it's more memorable and you're more likely to go, Oh, what's that day? Oh, right, I'll have a look at that mm-hmm. and then see it, you know, so find out a bit more and then that encourages more knowledge about the thing. You find out, Oh, they're in Cheltenham, Okay. Just down the road. From yeah. The road from um, and so I think there's a place for bottle shop in that way. So, I relate, okay, um, going back to another one of my fundamentals in and services, uh, the price of a product, you're not paying for that product, you're paying for the skill and knowledge of the person who's mm-hmm. serving it. Yeah. So this is my argument. Coffee is um, is that, yeah, okay, £2.80 for a flat white, you're not paying £2.80 for that, you're paying £2.80 for me. Mm-hmm. Now, that is really hard to get across to people, especially in coffee, it's really hard to get across mm-hmm. to people because in a restaurant, you go, you're going to go to Rick Stein's because... You might get a by Rick Stanley, probably not. But um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. that, that thing. So you're paying for the skill of the chef. Yeah. So that's fine. That is that's that is something that's uh, like historically is there because, yeah. oh, I've been to this restaurant. But nobody, no, I don't think it would be like in coffee, that's a really hard thing to get. Now I've had coffee from superstars baristas that I pay money for, but still at the same price, which is massively accessible, which mm. is crazy when you think of it. So I think I think in in, in the bit in the context of beer, yeah, you're paying, you might pay a bit more, but what you're paying for is normally the skill and knowledge of that person in that shop because, yeah. believe me, they're not doing it for the money; they're doing it for what they love to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably true of ninety five percent of the bottle shops mm-hmm. out there yeah there might be one or two who's in it for the i don't know or i don't think anybody's in it for the money um <laughs> so it it's it is that, and i think that's a really really difficult thing to get across to consumers mm-hmm. is that and so and, and like you what you're saying before about you know keeping up with stuff that takes time. Yeah. That takes research. Mm. And, and when you say time and research, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. you you sat on Facebook. Oh. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm using Facebook as a resource for finding out something, but I know about a brewery up in Newcastle, we're doing some banging stuff mm. yeah. and you're, so then I'm like, I'm ahead of you. Like, like yeah. uh, so then I've got this knowledge that I can pass on to you, you know? And so I think that's, that's, but that's, yeah, a very difficult thing to, get across to the customer
1: yeah for sure
5: it's it's very hard so that hype that hype thing is yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky because I think um it might have just gone past the bell curve in a way you know Mm. in terms of like well we've just seen all the American kind of beers come into the country so i don't know yeah. if if they're if they're selling like that but you know before like you know even i when i saw the list of um friends and family you're like oh my god yeah, look no. at that beer yeah. like, like liner. um and it's like why can't i be in manchester that weekend <laughs> but, um, and that's so i think that's always going to be there in that kind of thing but i think we'll just get hopefully we'll get more tuned to better beer and that might just ease out a bit and yeah but as a from a brewery point of view why would you not you know yeah. why would you not put out special releases and everything yeah. like 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 um yeah if you brew a beer once a year would would you not be tempted to do it twice a year like if, yeah. if you know that that's going to spike your sales like that's yeah. yeah um that's that's a really difficult position to be in because mm. it's a business at the end of the day and people need to make money and so if why are you doing something because it's so selective but mm. it, it doesn't make business sense but um i suppose that that's what makes it magical as well
0: so i think the last kind of thing we wanted to have a chat about was the whole reason why we are speaking to beer shops in the first place and you guys uh IndieGraph, do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about and what the whole point of the project was.
5: Um, well, there's been—I uh, can't remember who set, but there's a there's a Facebook group of like a lot of the independent bottle shops in the UK, and it's been a like a good resource of kind of information for people and mm-hmm. just, um, just helpful cues along the way, you know, about people doing certain things or not doing certain things or any issues happening, you know. Um, so that's been good, and there's been a chatter for a long time about how to promote bottle shops and um, whatnot and standard with any kind of like cooperative kind of thing between independents nothing actually happens um <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry that's my experience from previous ones but uh, yeah like everybody's like really keen and yeah 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 but because naturally we're so busy in our own things and mm. we hit like like the, it's like one of those, yeah, it's on a to-do list, but it's on that, it's on the fifth to-do list, and that's the list that I'll get to on a Sunday if there's nothing going on, and mm. I'm doing that, and it never actually gets done. So I think it was Jules from, am I right and thinking, hop Hideout, yeah, is that that's right? It, yeah, um yeah. she just, like, sorted it out. So massive respect to Jules, because mm. I think Jules just went in there, push. I'm going to do this, get Reese involved. Um Donzanko is, a, like, a, well... For example, as a brewery, it's been on my list of things. Oh wow, I need to get. But he hasn't been on any of my like lists or distributors because obviously geographical reasons. And um, yeah, so I was like, um, when they, that was announced and it was done, and it's this beer that's only released for us. It's great, man. I think that just gives us a little boost. Mm-hmm. And it, well, what we impact impacted by is it literally is it a beer you can only get from independent bottle shops. So incredible. Um, that is. That's our own little hype train, there, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. It's, um, done and, and I suppose uh, just uh, just reiterate the message that we were talking about before about why we are here and what we do and why we do it. Um, I think is I think that beer combines with that, you know, and it's just a really nice way to do it. Mm. I think. Uh, like the only unfortunate thing is because of COVID, it kind of couldn't be maybe slightly bigger in a way and in a way that thing but maybe that's a good thing that we've just done it this way and then maybe we can like i think we related to record store day a lot Mm. and i think that's a really nice thing uh yeah i think record store days are a a great thing for record shops you know Mm. and it really does create that little buzz yeah Um, those little buzzes can really really help small businesses Mm. because it it just it just creates that kind of interest Mm -hmm. so if we can take this if this is a first step and we can take it to a second step or third step that'd be great i'm like that would be superb for us you know if we can get release and and have something that's our own little thing oh that'd be that'd be insane but um yeah so uh Pleasure to be part of it. I like full disclosure, I've not done much apart from buy the beer, mm-hmm. um, and drink the beer and sell the beer. So hard life. Um, <laughs> it's very very hard. So um, yeah, I, don't, I like I'm not claiming kind of anything from it. I just uh, you know offer my support in that way. So yeah. I really truly hope that Jules has um got something out of it and that Reza Dandoko has done well and kind of. Um, it's been worth as well because I know it's been a lot of effort, and mm. uh, yeah, I hope I hope it's being paid back because I think it's been it's been great, and people are supporting locals and like and really really do want them to mm. do well. So like I think I think seeing something like that does have a reaction.
4: Yeah.
5: And so yeah, it's a really positive thing from from my side of things, really.
1: thank you dan for also coming on high hops we hope to have either a coffee or a beer or both with you soon as you're not too far away from us so fingers crossed
0: um but with that kind of ending being about the whole Indigraph project um and i think that's probably the best time for us to look at the actual beer itself so phoebe next week Let's say you come back to Plymouth and we'll crack open... <laughs> Never
5: coming back.
0: <laughs> we'll crack open uh, the beer that we've been kind of... That's, that spawned all of this, I guess. Um, and we can talk a bit about the beer, the brewery, the actual beer, brewery itself, Don Zonko, okay, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we can then interview uh, interview the person that has been, I think, mentioned a couple of times now who is
1: Jules Gray of uh, Hop Hideout.
0: So we'll be reviewing the beer, talking about the brewery and having a chat with Jules herself. So very much looking forward to part three. But for now, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us at highhops at gmod.com.
1: You can find me on untapped. You can uh, see what I've been drinking. and
0: As always, yeah. especially when she's away drinking.
1: I haven't had a drink yet.
0: Yet. Still only plus I'm, I'm. six.
1: There's only seller in the fridge in my parents' place. Upset.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh, you can listen to the podcast on Cosbox, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts or wherever good podcasts lie. As we said, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for listening.
4: Bye.